What's up, what's up, Los Angeles? What's up, California? It's me, your favorite host here at the Shot Caller Podcast. You know, I get a lot of people th- uh, talking to me and telling me, you know, you're writing books now and, and you must do a lot of thinking. And I was thinking about this. Surely, not everybody was Kung Fu fighting. I was in deep thought. But uh, we're going to have a great time on this next episode and um, some important issues at hand. And I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you pass it along to everyone that you care about. Uh, And I want to thank every one of you throughout uh, 2023 that sponsored us, that shared this uh, podcast with your friends, loved ones. Maybe even people that you might not like, but they need to hear absolute truth. And uh, this is what we're all about here. Uh, we try to step on people's uh, sh- uh, shoes and without a scuff. But the truth is the truth, and we need the truth. I think that that's what is missing in the culture of today. And, um, man, uh, this this day we have someone very special that I want to uh, welcome and uh, our guest, our last guest for the year, is Patrick Gibson. He's a retired L.A. sheriff and is running for California State Assembly District 40. And uh, Patrick, thank you so much for being with us uh, today on the Shot Caller Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, there's a, I was lo- uh, watching some of your uh, news clips, uh, very impressed uh, on, on your stance on, well, one obviously, you were a, you're a retired uh, deputy. Correct. Yes. And uh, you know, being a, a former lawman, um, you got to care for the city. You can't help it. It's just part of who you are. You know, it, it, it's not something that I think that brings into you. That that's not the job that brings it. It's the person who you are and where you grew up, and where you want to see your city and your family live in. You know, so that's pretty much where I come from. And, and that's what we need. We need common sense. Uh, I don't think it's so common nowadays, right? That's what I've been hearing. Yeah. <laughs> been hearing. Uh, but man, uh, uh, I was watching some of your clips and, and and thinking, and it's funny because I have a friend, we have a mutual friend uh, in, in uh, Ed. Ed uh, joins me on this podcast uh, from time to time. And he tells me, you know, I, I bumped into uh, Pat, uh, uh, comes to our church and um oh yeah yeah, yeah. He's a good guy good he's a guy. good guy yeah. and um he said would you like to uh, maybe we could extend the invitation to him he's running for uh california state assembly and i think it would be a good uh, a thing to uh you know promote what he's doing right and right away i said uh yeah you know, i appreciate that yeah yeah man uh, well, he comes from the same area we all from here yeah you know, i grew up i was here uh san Fernando valley grew up in selmar born in granada hills um, you know, my mom's Hispanic, my dad's, you know, American mutt. Um, so this is, you know, where I grew up in the seventies, eighties, you know, nineties, all here. And, you know, we're from here, we know how it is. Yeah. And when you're here in the area and you see this change that you've never seen before, I mean, it's concerning, you know, for, I have kids, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and, and that's the thing that, and I like that you mentioned that because when you, if you grew up here in the seventies till current, you, you see Oh yeah, what the problem is, and the waves that we've been riding all along, and, and now it's gotten to a place in time that that has just 
out of control. Right. And, you know, I, I, one of the things that, that we want to talk about uh, today, and, and, and wait, before I even go into that, I want to play this clip to our listeners because I think this clip, maybe we could, like, untangle everything that the current sheriff is saying uh, in, in, this, in, this, uh, in this news clip. I, I think it's important that, that we get to that part before we even uh, go to the next one. Just take a listen to this. Christine, the sheriff says staff reductions made years ago combined with deputies leaving for other jobs has finally caught up with the department. He says add to that contractual obligations and the department will need to make some very tough choices about what services to cut. And that's not all. We at the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department uh, have a staffing crisis. Sheriff Robert Luna rounds out his first year as the county's top cop with a warning about staffing shortages, mandatory overtime, and mental health in the department. We have lost eight employees to suicide. That is not acceptable. One is not acceptable. He says the department is down about 2,800 employees, 1,200 of those sworn deputies, and acknowledges existing deputies are working too much to pick up the slack after this anonymous letter about the problems went out to the community and four people tied to the department committed suicide in just 24 hours. A former deputy reached out to Argina Silva. I will work six days a week, 16, 18-hour shifts, and that leaves us with really no time to do anything. The sheriff acknowledges that current overtime rates are untenable and says they've hired 350 deputies this year and hope to hire another 650 in 2024. What's more, they've added three more doctors to the department to deal with mental health and are working on plans to improve retention rates and to develop and implement best practices. What are we missing? Uh, what do we need to do? Uh, at the end of the day, we are, I am, prioritizing employee wellness. We need to put that at the top of the list of everything we do. But he adds his one year in office has also had successes. He says deputies have developed a joint task force, which has decreased retail thefts like this one. And says they've made inroads complying with settlements over policing and inmate well-being. But tells us he also needs to replace aging technology and the almost 70-year-old Men's Central Jail. I absolutely agree. Uh, that Men's Central Jail needs to be closed down. <laughs> you know. Wow. Where do we start? Where do we start exactly? <laughs> this is a bowl of spaghetti, and we're going to have to try to untangle every strand of right. it. What do you think about it? Well, first of all, he, he spoke about um, overtime and, and everything else. There's problems from when I, I was in there for 24 years. I retired. um Four months ago and from 99 to now it's not the same department i'll tell you right now we we were able to in the beginning yeah there was consequences to actions or whatever you did uh and if you're a criminal you're going to be in jail you're going to go to prison or you know jail prison whatever you needed to go to but at least there was some type of respect for laws for law enforcement at that time I would drive down the street this years ago and I, I was driving the big sheriff bus at, that was my last unit of assignment was, um, the transportation and I had people be flipping you off. 
you know, just straight up like disrespect is like, hey, I'm doing a job. I, I, I use this job to help pay for my family's home, uh, food, school, all of those things. Um, and that's the, the climate that we're facing right now with all this disrespect. So there's, there's no wonder why people, there's, they don't want to be law enforcement because they see all this and they're like, why would I do this? Why would I put myself in that position, you know, to, you know, get killed, be, be disrespected, to get spit in the face, all of that stuff. And you wonder why they're leaving that department to go to other departments like Orange County, San Bernardino, and uh, all across the nation. I have friends who left the department. They're in Tennessee working and they're happy. You know, they have respect. They, uh, people love their law enforcement over there. And they don't have a district attorney like Gascon not you know you know he's not doing his job whatsoever but he believes he does i guess but um we are seeing people getting hurt and they don't want to go back to work um i don't i don't i don't blame them for that because yeah. there's so much um that you can as a as a law enforcement today you can you can get in jail for something that you you just did your job but because of the way media is dis displaying oh, oh look what they did they shouldn't have done this you, you can't, if you're not there and you've never been trained, you don't know the streets or you don't know how things happen, then you, you shouldn't be putting yourself into those positions. Because if you do, then you don't know the training, you weren't, you don't have the experience to do those things. So law enforcement goes through a lot, a lot of stuff. And you know, with the suicides that are going on and it's, it's how much more can you take? And there's a reason why we have such um, low law enforcement going into these positions because you know, they're not paying for it. And he did say it himself. Uh, the technology's not there either. And they're not paying for it. And that all comes from where the money gets doled out. And that's our board of supervisors. Yeah. And, and that's a, a whole uh, party of uh, folks that have done more, um, more wrong and more bad uh, right. than good. And they're calling for defunding their own you know, county. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, just this morning I read an article on Gascon promoting uh, a uh, public defender who is so anti-LEPD, anti-law enforcement. Big time. And she was just promoted. Yeah. Promoted. Not demoted. Promote, promoted. It doesn't make sense. In, in, into, his, yeah. into his staff. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I sit and I read these articles because I have to and, and, and because I want to because I care about what's going on in Los Angeles. And, and I'm just, it, my head spins, man, uh, at the total disregard. I don't understand why he, he's even a DA. I, I just really don't. Uh, he, he, it seems like they're for criminal activity and the real victims of violent crime or just crime in general, well, they're just pushed to the side. Yeah, they're, they're not the... They're not on number one. They're not um, looked at. If you're a victim of a crime, then, oh, well, too bad. You yeah. Know? Because it, everything's getting focused right now on the criminals. And, oh, poor them. And, you know, my opponent goes, well, care before jail, you know, be incarceration. I was like, well, what about the victims? What about what's, what are they going through? What about businesses that are being just devastated? Ransacked. Ransacked. And how do they get their business back? When they continually do that, it doesn't work. You know, and when I was younger, I did something wrong. My dad gave it to me, you yeah. know, and, and I deserved it and I learned, yeah. you know, so that's, it's, it works. And, and the whole prison system, yes, it's about uh, rehabbing an, an individual. Right. 
but it, but it it also serves for punishment. Yeah. That is what it's for. And I don't understand how um, people that are in, in positions of law enforcement, like Escon, don't see that. It, it, and and you're, you nailed it in the head is poor them, but what about the victim? Yeah. What about that small business owner who, you know, it's not like they're making millions. It, it, and even if they are, you get there by working hard, yep. by getting up in the morning, by being structured, by, you know, selling product the right way and, and paying your taxes. It's, they don't see that. And so they see, well, you know, well, the, the, the price of rent is high, that this is high, this is high. Yeah. So then that gives the criminal the, the right to go in there. And they're not stealing bread, by the way. No, no. They're not stealing milk. Diapers or- yeah, they're, they're stealing Nikes. They're, uh, they're stealing, you know, stuff that speakers, they're stealing stuff, Apple watches. Yeah. That's what they're stealing. So this whole hoopla about, well, you know, they, they, need, to, they need to feed themselves as well. I don't see them breaking into Trader Joe's. No, you know, it's not. It's not what's happening. I don't have. I haven't seen that either. I've only seen uh, high end places like clothes and things yeah. like that. And you would assume that if they're not making it, hey, they're going to go steal food. Yeah, right? yeah. It's not happening. It's not happening. Um, you made a statement uh, when we were going back and forth on emails. No president is coming to save California. It's up to us. What do you mean by that? Basically. From, from what I see, it's California. Um, we're on our own, especially if you're a Republican president and you get in. I don't know who's going to win, but I'll tell you right now, they always look at California as like, oh, it's it's California. There's not much we could do there, you know, because it's going to go to the uh, Democratic side. And, you know, I can't really do much there, but they'll come here and they'll take money. People will pay them and, you know, they'll help them with their donation for their campaign. But. We don't really get the attention that we really need here. And we really need a lot of help here Absolutely. because we're, I mean, obviously you, <laughs> we're here, um, you know, from, you know, childhood to now, it's definitely not the same place. And we, you know, if the president's going to help, you know, then we need a lot more. We need to shut down the border because that fentanyl is just, it's just flooding all of their, our cities here and it's killing our population. It's keeping people on the streets and they wonder why, um, like, oh, we have a housing crisis or, you know, people, you know, we need to get them into these homes. They're not going to go. They're not going to leave. I, I was out in the streets. I was out patrolling and they won't. I talked to a lot of them. Why don't you guys get a house? And no, we can't do that because in, yeah, they're going to kick us out because we always steal stuff from our family. And then our dealers right there on the street. I need to know where he's at every day so I can get my fix. And if they can't get it, then it, it's it's just bad for them. So they can handle living out on the streets. They can handle all that because the drug is a major, major motivator. And it just breaks down all of their senses. It breaks down everything. And it's just, it becomes their God. And when it becomes their God, they don't care what filth they live in. They don't care what filth they do or what they do to get it as long as it, it gets in them. And that's a sad, sad, uh, sad thing because what we really need to do is forcibly take them off the streets because like i said they're dying and they're becoming victims themselves and these people our elected officials are just leaving them there on the streets so this is like an epidemic to me so it's, it's a national emergency as far as i'm concerned we need to have you know so much here 
maybe a president could do that. That would be nice to see uh, where we can get people taken off the streets, get close those borders, get those drugs out of there, because that is what's killing it. And it's it's killing kids, too. That's what I was going to say. You know, it's affecting our young. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's uh, you know, it's disheartening. You drive around and and now it doesn't matter where where you're at in the city. Right. Because it's everywhere. And just this week, I saw two incidents. One, and it was right near, uh, it's in the Fairfax uh, district, which pretty much it's a a thrown throw away from Beverly Hills. Right. And there's a guy, a a guy on drugs. He's young, maybe in his 30s. Oh, yeah. He's half naked, (laughs) broad daylight. Oh, yeah. You know, and I thought about this. Had that occurred when I was growing up, law enforcement would have been able to do their job and get that guy out of the streets. He'd be in a hospital getting treatment. Really quick. Yeah. You know, that wasn't allowed back then. I think we had common sense back then. Yeah. You know, and, and but now, and, and, and you can't blame law enforcement now because their hands are tied. And their hands are tied because of the people that are in power, the politicians that are here in California who shouldn't be in any type of seat to call shots there. Yeah, they are. They're calling the shots, and um, you can obviously see what's happening because these people, along with other, um, how do I call them, opportunist uh, criminals, broad daylight, going into homes, breaking into homes, stealing everything they can steal, and then what are they doing? You know, I mean, obviously, you know, the sheriff was saying, you know, there's a you know enforcement team out there, but it's not enough. It's not enough. It's, it's not enough because I know one of my friends, he just got his house broken into. And then on top of that, a lady down the street from where they know, she got her house broken into. And I think this is in Chatsworth. And kids were locked in the closet or room or whatever. And because she had a hearing um, disability, they beat her. Oh, my goodness. And she had to go to the hospital. And she was in there for, a, I don't even know if she's out yet. But because of that, they beat her. And they were in her house, you know, so what are we looking at right now? We're looking at, they will come into your home. So were you safe? You're not safe anywhere. Exactly. Broad daylight. They'll come. I mean, you've seen it. Yeah. You know, they, they'll park right behind you or you're in a supermarket or right behind your house. They'll come out with guns and take whatever you got. And that's it. I had my uh, yeah. brother-in-law, his friend and his friend were a, their um, grips in, in, in a motion picture. Yeah. And, you know, he drives around in a nice $90,000 truck and some guys just parked, blocked them in, in the morning. Yeah, this is not yeah. at night. They're not, they're not even hiding anymore. No, nope. That's the reality, folks. Criminals right now, they know they can get away with it. And it doesn't matter if you have cameras. They don't even care about that no more. Nope. Because they know that they have gas going on in their pocket and it's going to be a slap on the wrist and appear in court. And then, or maybe... Don't appear in court. Nothing's going to happen. They don't go to court. That's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, broad daylight, they block him in, gunpoint, pistol whip him, take his vehicle, yep. dis, uh, uh, disengage the tracker. I mean, these guys. They know the, what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and so this is what Angelinos, Californians, this is what we all need to do. You want to see a major stop in this stuff? Flood the phones. Every time you see a crime in progress, if you see it, call them, call 911, make noise, 
everyone should be reporting it so that it overfloods these lines and then they they go they some attention is is you know put on on display there that we care of our city we care right, about right. what's going on you can't fold listen guys you cannot fold your your arms and say well i guess this is what we have and do nothing about no, it you can't do that yeah. we can't do that if the we understand that the politicians are doing that here we can't do that if you care about your neighbor if you care about your city your district it is time to report crime it's time to for adults to be adults and do something about it you have to because you have family to is number one absolutely right. you know every time i i have a uh, law enforcement uh here on the podcast and uh for some reason man god has been so gracious to me and, and, and merciful to me that my bigger friend group has now become uh law enforcement uh, enforcement uh, uh people and you know i have this uh this joy in my heart that right. uh, I've been given the the right hand of fellowship by people like Amen, you, brother. Amen. And I to hear that. you know, and, and and but I like hearing the stories that you guys have. Uh, what uh, what what was that like? That moment for you where you said, "This is what I want to do." This this I want to join the sheriff's department. Oh, that's a good story. Right what there. what what was that like? Well, I'll tell you right now. I never even considered when I was younger, being in law enforcement. That was not in my mind or I was not, in, you know, because I didn't grow up, um, you know, with a silver spoon in my mouth. I grew up extremely poor. And it, even despite being growing up just extremely poor, you know, my family, you know, was never really into, you know, crime and all the other stuff. You know, we worked, you know, hard. And if we didn't have it, we didn't have it, you know. Um, and I remember, you know, growing up, you know, my dad, you know, he, he was, you know, just a, crazy mixed up Irish man or whatever. And, you know, he drank a lot and alcoholic. Uh, so it, it affected our family a lot uh, until we were older, about 12 or something. We found a church and we found God and that helped us get to a moral standard that, you know, I didn't see, you know, I mean, you know, my mom's Mexican, my, my mom's from um, Kansas, but you know, we're, mexican-american on that side and and it's just a different way of, of living because you have family and i think that's one of the major things with um being growing up hispanic is you have family you have grandma you know abuelita you have your your tias and your uncles and everybody and so your cousins are all there so it's a big family it's a big support and that's what carried us through um and i'll tell you you know just growing up that way you know we didn't. We weren't disrespectful to law enforcement or anything like that growing up, but um, you know, it was something that you know none of us thought of going into. Especially you know, when my dad, you know, trying to stay away from police. You know, I'm sure he had you know his reasons <laughs> and stuff. But um, what we ended up doing is, I actually what I ended up doing, I wanted to be. Uh, well, I was a lifeguard for a long time, and uh, my next stop was like, hey, you know what, I'm I'm going to get into the fire department you know, or I'm going to be a psychologist or something, go to school. So in my head, I had never planned for being in the sheriff's department or law enforcement whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, basically I had, you know, a little bit of a vision and, you know, a dream. And I was like, kind of, you know, I was like, really, is that where I have to go? God, you know, I was like, <laughs> all right, man, you know, fine, I'll do it. You know, it took me, you know, I dragged my feet because, um, that was something I, I never even thought of doing. Um, 
But as soon as I, I, I gave my heart over to the, for that decision for God, you know, I was like, fine, I'll do it. I was in, I was in there in the sheriff's department in the academy nine months later. Wow. And, and so uh, it was amazing just to see how fast God works in your life. And, and that's where he wanted me to be. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'll, I'll go all the way through it. And again, you know, like where I grew up, it, it was, there was no law enforcement on our street. You know, you, you saw tagging on the side. I remember walking home from school and, you know, one of my friends, um, you know, when I remember growing up, they're tagging on the wall and this guy's in the car, it puts a gun at me. He's like, keep walking. You know, you know, they got to do their business or whatever game, mark their territory. What I was like, Hey, I was a little, I was a little wetto, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and you know, wetto, you're walking down the street. Hey, I, I just keep going, yeah, yeah, you know? So, I mean, I saw crime. I saw my friends, you know, get shot right in front of me, you know, um, after school, there's school shootings, stuff like that. And that was in the eighties. Yeah. You know? Oh, the eighties was rough, man. That eighties was different, different than it is now for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know what they did, but they put a, a cap on whatever they were doing and, you know, they stopped a lot of that madness and, I think there was a vacuum of power or structure or something but i think they you know cartels came in and probably regulated all that anyway yeah know? yeah but um so that's basically where i came from you know i, I didn't want to get that was not something i wanted to do but I, I felt that's where god wanted me to go do and so i did it you know and and i think during that time in law enforcement it helped me to be the person i am today and it it changed me and it, it brought me to a place where you know i don't have that fear that most people have, Oh, what am I going to do when I go outside? If something happens, I'm like, I already know what to do. Yeah. You know, I was already trained what to do. And, and then on, on top of that, being in law enforcement, I never had to shoot anybody because I, I have a mouth, you know? So yeah. I did talk to people. And if you start talking to people and you gain their respect and their, you know, their loyalty in that respect and that way, then they're like, Oh, I can talk to this guy. The you gift know? of jab. Gift. Oh man, I'm <laughs> telling you, um, I had this one guy, I'll tell you, uh, we were at the, Somewhere in downtown LA, I forget where it was, but there's this one guy, I guess we had to go take him out of the, the subway. And so another partner was there. They took him and that was my call. So I had to go over there, grab him. And, and so I'm taking him upstairs. Like, what are you going to do? Take me to jail? Oh, that's what you guys always do. And I'm like, no, man. I go, I'm going to take you home. You know, he's like, really? <laughs> he was surprised. I was like, look, you didn't really do anything. You had an argument. You were yelling. So yeah. everyone has an off day. Yeah. So where do you need to go? Where's your house? And I took him home. And he was like, thank you. Wow, so, man. You know, there's there, not everyone goes to jail. I understand yeah. that. I mean, obviously, a guy didn't really commit a crime. Yeah. It was just, you know, causing a disturbance. But, you know, hey, you know, some people have bad days, yeah. man, you know. And we go off and, you know, and at least we have somebody out there. Like when I was out there, it, it was a little easier for me to talk to people because I grew up, you know, really, really poor. Yeah. Uh, we were homeless for a while and, you know, growing up. And so it was like, I get it. Yeah. You know, so we have to, you know, have that compassion as well. From, from time to time, I always ask uh, you guys to share a uh, peculiar story. <laughs> and uh, we're going to call this one, guys, uh, Howling at the Moon. Yes. Uh, yes. Share, share some of that story with us. All right. Well, let's let's jump into <laughs> this one. I was I was working downtown L.A. patrol. Um, and this was the, um, the buses and trains. So the trains run through LA area right there. There's a lot of them. And, uh, I get this call on my, uh, my box and I, it says naked man howling at the moon, running down the street or uh, the tracks. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's go. The, I guess I gotta go find her. It's my call. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm driving down. I'm like, all right, I don't see nothing. It's like three 30 in the morning or something like that. It's, you know, everyone's <laughs> usually asleep at that time. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not cold. It's not hot. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess if you're naked, it's going to be cold, but, um, so I'm, I'm driving down the road, down the street and this is over by the call, uh, not the Coliseum by, um, what's it called? Uh, they changed the name constantly, uh, where the Lakers play. I forget. Um, South central. No, no. Oh, uh, uh, LA Live? Yeah, yeah, LA Live right there. And over on the other, you know, on the other side of it, the east side of it, there's tracks, yeah. right? And so I see this old man, he's in a cart, a homeless guy pushing it, and he looks at me and he points that way, that way. And my I look over, sure enough, there he is, you know. <laughs> I mean, you could hear him, you know, he just yeah. going off and I don't even think there was a full moon or anything. <laughs> You know, but uh, so I drive on the other side. I, I kind of cut him off and then I see him and he's just running towards me. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's on PCP or something. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to turn out good. And I go, oh, oh, stop right there. And then he looks at me for a second. He's just like he's a dog. He's yeah. like howling. I'm like, dude, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. I got to get back up and coming. So I just reach in the back of my brain. I go, dude, he's like a dog, right? He's not even responding to anything else. Well, so I start whistling. <laughs> Come here, boy. Come here, boy. <clears throat> That's hilarious. It worked. He looked at me and then he was like, yeah, good boy. Good boy. And his hands were up like, you know, like a puppy, <laughs> like a puppy. And that's. I, I, would, I don't know. It just came out of the back of my brain. It was like, wow, I'm like, is that you? you know, my, that was my guardian angel kind of telling me, hey, this is what you should be doing right now. <laughs> just roll with this. Roll with it. So I tell him, you know, come over here. Come here, come here, boy. Come here, boy. And he was just like a happy dog at that point. He wasn't a person. Yeah. He, was more, he was a dog in his yeah. brain and everything that he was responding to. So I call all my partners over and they're like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, he's, he's listening, you know. <laughs> But he's a dog, so you got to treat him like a dog. So I said, they're all, they just gave me the handle. It was my handle anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm a good boy, a good boy. So I got fire department there, and everyone else is there. I'm like, Greg's ready. All right, so this is what we're going to do. So I'm going to tell him to lay down like a good boy, you know, and, you know, just keep going, keep giving him, you know, keep giving him that. Your uh, backup must be looking at you like, they're, what? They're, they're <laughs> laughing, dude. Everyone's like, what the hell is going on here? So I go, all right, boy. All right. Good boy. Good boy. Lay down, lay down. So he lays down, put arms out. Good boy. Good what? boy. <laughs> and then I'm going to stay right there. Stay right there. You're doing so good. Good boy. And fire department's there. All my other partners are there. And they're just like, what is going on? You know, how is this even possible? And the guy's going, oh, he's still howling too at the moon. He's completely naked. Wow. He's got like cuts on his, you know, backside yeah, and yeah. blood coming down him a little bit. So obviously whatever he took um, and whatever mental, you know, position he was in, it, he, he needed to, you know, get to the wild, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so we finally get over there. He stays there and we, we jump on him real quick. And uh, the fire department, uh, their paramedics are there with, a, you know, a, uh, sedative a real good one yeah and uh pretty much uh you know he this guy's strong you know uh, whatever he's had to be on PC, pcp yeah he's about to throw all of us off and this guy must have been about six foot 150 140 pounds maybe yeah and you know he was about to you know overpower you know, like 250 pounder 300 pound you know deputies on him yeah and they were like wow we could barely hold him wow. and and then on top of that, you know, it's just like he's just starting to ground, you know, trying to bite. 
So the fire department guy comes over, sticks him right in his, you know, set him yep. right in his, you know, piney and about 30 seconds in, he's, and then he's just snoring. He started snoring. <laughs> wow. Right? Man. And then, you know, that was it. No one got injured. No one yeah, got yeah. hurt. Uh, fire department took him away to the hospital. You yeah. know, he, I mean, only crime he was committing was basically howling at the moon. At, <laughs> at three in the morning. Right? Three in the morning. So he didn't need a jail cell. Yeah. He needed a hospital. He needed a hospital. Yeah. And, and he went. So that was that was the story. And I'll tell you, I was like, I can never forget that one. You know, because you you have to use you have to be creative in that. Exactly. Job, you know. It, so yeah. This is the kind of material that we bring to you guys uh, in California, in wherever you're listening to. Uh, we do this stuff, man, because it, you. You just don't know what you're going to see in Los Angeles. No, you don't. You really don't. No. You, you think you, just when you think that you saw it all, something else happens. Yeah. And you're going. It tops it. What? Yeah. Yeah. And the, what a unique story and what creativity <laughs> oh. to calm down a, a, what could have been a disastrous uh, situation there. Yeah. It definitely could have. And that, was, <laughs> that would be something that would be on the Channel 9 News or oh, Channel yeah. 5 or. And then we'd be like, deputies do this, deputies do. I'm like, no. I mean, I would have actually liked for them to film that. Oh, know? that would have been hilarious. And uh, you know, but that didn't happen. But of course, uh, yeah. You know, that was something good that we did yeah. that day, and we helped somebody out. And that's the that's the job. You know, yeah. we're not there to you know harass people or anything like that. It was it, we're there to protect them, to protect even them. from themselves. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we do the best we can. And and, and I gotta say, life. man, you know. Um, uh, Yes, we don't have a, uh, a a sheriff right now currently that is, uh, you know, a good guy. But the people that work under him. Oh, they're excellent people. They're I'll amazing right people. They are. And we see that. I see it uh, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, they're hardworking uh, class folks. And they really, they, they got into this job because they care about the safety of their, um, well, their city. Right, right, and, and and that's what they're really all about. And I see them. You know, I, I get to break bread with them. I I have coffee for, with them. Uh, I mean, there's not one week where I don't sit down with someone in law enforcement and have a great conversation with. They're normal people and they're hardworking people, and we need number one to support them uh, rather than you know giving them the bird while they're driving. Yeah, you know what. You know what I have found, and every time I ran run into them, uh, uh, law enforcement out there, if they're in a restaurant, if they're you know, at a Seven Eleven, if you just say to them, if you simply just say to them, "Thank you for your service," or just a simple thank you, you don't know what you're doing for them right now. Those words are very scarce nowadays. Very. And, and and if you use just that, you know, they need to hear that a lot more often, I think, uh, especially in the climate that we're in right now. Right. Uh, question for you. Uh, why are you driven to run for California State Assembly at this particular time? Well, there's a few reasons. And obviously, it's my uh, my family and my children, because what we're leaving to our children who are going to be running this state eventually it's it's a I don't even know how they're going to be able to do that in, unless there's some change. Uh, I'm getting up into the assembly, so I, I'm definitely going to win that seat. It's a winnable seat. It was barely lost by uh, Suzette Valadares by 522 votes. Wow! 
And in the realm of, um, you know, voting, that's just like, you know, even that's a less than a half percent. Yeah. And, and me being from this area here, growing up here, I have a lot of support here already and family and friends. And I grew up here, you know, this whole area. I grew up in Santa Clarita. I grew up in, you know, the Somar area, San, uh, San Fernando. I grew up there as well, but, uh, Granada Hills, Northridge, you know, we, we've all been there, you know, there's Kennedy high school where I took my, uh, driver's training course, you know, back in the eighties. Um, but it's, it's home. That's my home. And, uh, the person who's currently there, um, she didn't come from there. This is not her home. You know, they specifically found her, brought her down here to run and, you know, so they can have someone to do this. And, and and that's a trickery that, that, that I see a lot of happening. They're implants. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they're brought from other cities and then placed there, given yeah. a house there or rent a house there. Yeah, they help them out. They help them yeah. out big time monetarily yeah. and everything. They set them up so that they don't lose those seats. Right. And, and here you are, yeah. a an Angelino that lived in the heartbeat of your district. Right. Uh, man. Well, I mean, we're facing also, um, you know, the smash and grabs and, and, you know, the burglaries and the robberies. And how much more can people take, you know? How much more can you... You know, I mean, I have friends who are literally scared to leave their home because it's going to get robbed, you know, because four or five other homes in their area, you know, they just got busted into. And then on top of that, you know, they're they're worried about their kids being home and they're at work and then their kids are worrying. My God, you know, when when are you coming home, dad, mom, when, when are you coming home? Because we need you know, they're afraid. And so there's a fear element that's out there. And if we don't change it and we don't you know help them. And, you know, you're going to grow up in that fear. So that's why I have to go up to Sacramento, get in the assembly. So now we have to start fighting those bill, um, those uh, propositions like Proposition 47. So I call that the smash and grab bill. So $950, anything over that, uh, it, it would be considered a felony, but anything under, right? But because it's a nonviolent crime now, right, which I think is it's completely wrong because you're putting fear in people's hearts. Absolutely. And when you do that, Prop 57, here we go, right? So they're letting people out. And then on top of that, everyone knows here in Los Angeles County is that zero bail policy. Yeah. Zero bail policy. They get to jail as long as it's nonviolent crime or whatever. Uh, they're out in two hours. They get go through processing, whatever, and they get a court date for uh, God knows uh, eight months, nine months later. Because it's the whole system is backed up, and, and I don't even think that whoever's doing the paperwork even finishes, and they're already out before even paperwork is it, probably. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I've I, seen it. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's disheartening, and, and you know, I have a lot of friends in the very areas that you just mentioned: yeah. Granada Hills, Silmar, Santa Clarita, and I am definitely going to make sure that. They all know about you. I appreciate that. And, yeah. and do whatever they can to spread, you know, uh, the message that here's someone, uh, Patrick Gibson, that can fill in that seat and do and bring some common sense back, bring stability, bring safety back yeah. into these areas. And it starts district by district. District by district. Um, and then, um, shoot, I was going to tell you something. I forgot. <laughs> um, but it's the people, you know, it, yeah. it does. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, non-party preference, libertarian, whatever your safety is at risk. Your family is at risk. And 
the current legislators right now are not doing a thing about it. And right now you have, they're all, they all fall in. If you're a Democrat and you're moderate or you're in the middle somewhere, you can't even affect anything of that change. Because if you don't go along with the Democrats, what they're doing up in Sacramento, then you're out. They'll yeah. take everything from you. Because you believe in a little safety more in your neighborhood and you vote against them, you're done. Yeah. They'll, they'll kick you right out. Oh, you'll you know? get ostracized. Oh, yeah, ostracized. In a, quick, in a quickness. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, I, I think, man, and, and maybe you're listening to this, this episode right now, and maybe you are uh, to the left or you're a Democrat. Let's, let's reason together. Yeah. I think so. Look at yeah. Let, let's get to the table uh, of discussion here of dialogue, without the screaming, without you yelling, uh, and and let's be realist. Do you really see your district? Do you see where you're living at currently right now? As you're Homeless, listening to this, all over the place. Do you see yeah. that? Yeah. Do you see the crime? Is it safe for you to walk in the daytime and the nighttime? Are you having to? You know, walk on eggshells from your house to your car. If you if you if there's an uneasiness, you gotta you gotta look at that and say, how can we change this? Right. And, and this is one way. Yeah, there's a way to do it. We just have to stick together. Absolutely. And and do it. And I'll tell you right now, the one of the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is you know my wife and I have that support from her, uh, yep. Nune Gibson. And uh, I'll tell you, she's my campaign manager. She's my, um, she's my fundraiser. She's my everything. That's awesome. And, and being she's Armenian, you know, so I married oh, wow. her. Uh, yes, <laughs> I married an Armenian woman. They're great, you know, uh, just being Hispanic and everything else. But I was like, you know what? They're amazing people. Yeah. And, and having Armenians uh, around, uh, they're very, very uh, respectful. They're very yes. loyal. Uh, and they're conservative people. Yeah. They like business, and a lot of them have their own businesses. Absolutely. Which I believe, which I see is like, man, you know, that's go getters right there. Yeah. And if they continue to do that, and they're victims too. Yeah. You know, so that's one thing I always have to give out. You know, uh, shout out to my wife. You know, because I'll tell you, <laughs> uh, can't do it without mamas. You can't do it without. No, her. you can't. Yeah, I actually married a Lebanese. Okay. Okay. There you go. So there's some Middle Eastern there. Uh, uh, Good food. Yeah, it's excellent food. <laughs> um, and what can what can Californians expect once you're in office? Well, they can expect me to immediately. Um, I, actually, you know, I'm going to go after public safety for sure. You know, that's something that we really need to hit first, and then it's per our parental rights. Our parental rights are being um, just flooded and stepped on, and and parents are like, well, what do I have a say anymore? Or is it the government taking over, right? No, parents deserve a right because we raise our children. We're the first line of defense for them, not the teacher, not the whatever counselor. We need to be there for them. And, you know, obviously some parents aren't, and shame on them. They need to listen to their kids. They need to see where they're at. They need to see what they're doing. If you're not engaging with them and something happens, then that falls on your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. You know? But if you're involved then you know what's going on. Yeah. But that's what they're trying to take away is that ability to know what's going on with your kids. 12 years old and above, hey, well, too bad. But and they're not 18. And Gavin Newsom has different plans than that. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the uh, upside-down teachings of uh, of this guy. Uh, just uh, He's a joke. Man. He's a joke, man. Uh, and you got to be... Uh, uh, you got to be aware about uh, these these type of people, man. Like uh, Gavin Newsom. 
just uh, he will do whatever it takes to get a vote. He's he going to do whatever it takes. He's going to say whatever he, he's going to say to manipulate things. And man, he wants to make sure that he has control of children rather than the parents having control. Yeah, and he gets children. control of them, and they mind uh, mind melt them or whatever, and then they turn out like them. And, yeah. and and it's sad because that's not how we grew up. Yeah, you know, we grew up with respect, opening the doors for uh, their elderly, yeah, or, absolutely, or, and and you know, giving them your seat. You know, there's none of that. I was just talking to my my 15 year old son about that, and I said to him, I said, you know, I I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I, I just grew up differently. I said, but. When I'm out there in the public, I, I'm aware about uh, of my surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Am I in somebody's way? Uh, do I need to le- allow somebody to get in front of me? You, it's it's about respect. This is what it is now for them. Yeah, you know yeah. they're in their phones. They're yeah. buried in there. Yeah, and we and and there's a lot of us too. Yeah, oh yeah, a bunch of adults with, no. with uh, head in their sand. Yeah, head on the in in their we iPhone. Gotta wake up. Yeah, and we gotta wake up and and fight for our children. We got to make sure that that um, man we we leave this next gen- generation set up for success. Right, and we yeah. can't do that. I'm sorry. Let me, let me just interject no, no. with that real quick, um, because our kids are graduating from college. Right, they're getting degrees. What are they going to do with them? They can't afford to live here in California. It's way too expensive. They can't buy a house. They're going to be renters for the rest of their life. No, you know we can't have a California like that. Yeah. People need to be able to own a home. Have a business, uh, you know, and work hard and and keep their money and yeah. don't be taxed away from it. Yeah. Because if you tax us to nothing, then what are we just working just to pay the government? So pretty much we're slaves at that point. And that's where we're at right now. Currently, yeah. um, you know, this this uh, last generation, uh, the chances of them ever owning a home slim to none unless they become multimillionaires. Yeah. Well, I want to change that for those young people out there so that they have a, a way you know, there's no way for them right now. So yeah. I'll put legislation out there so that they will have a way to have a home, have a family and live here, not just comfortably, but thriving. You know, I Amen, want them to man. thrive here. That's awesome, man. As we uh, come to a closing here, uh, what do you think? What do you think about, you know, what do you want to leave our listeners with? You know, it, it, the closing is always the most important, right? Right, right. What, what what do you want to leave our audience with? Well, I'm going to leave you with hope. And hope is not something that is the last resort. Hope is something that it, you see. You actually see it happening. So when you see this happening, you see California turning around, and you know that California can be saved, it deserves to be saved because our families live here. So that's why I'm going up there as well, to make sure I save California best I can with everyone else who's going to come up there and help me but we can we can do that. We can save California to make it a place where companies want to stay here and do business. Yeah, that's what I'm so talking about. So that's why we can save it. Yeah. Amen, man. Patrick, thank you so much for being on this uh on this podcast. Thank you for making the drive out here. I know your time is valuable and I want to respect that, but um I just want to say a big thank you for number one serving your community as a as a deputy sheriff. Congratulations on your retirement. Oh, thanks. And I hope that you enjoy uh, everything that God has for you, man. Uh, Amen, brother. I appreciate it. You know, that. You, you've been serving us now, and uh, and then you want to continue serving us, and 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 I think that's uh, that's just something to applaud and and something that we we need to respect. And so, big thank you to you and your family for 
for um, the sacrifice that you're making and continue to make. Uh, I can't wait to see you in that seat. And I think uh, uh, a majority, a big majority of our listeners here uh, have some clarity yeah. on your stance and what you're going to do for California. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for having me. It's an uh, honor and privilege to be here. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, listen, guys, um, we come to a close, and I just want to say to everyone that has been so supportive uh, of the Shock Holler podcast, we had amazing guests throughout the year. We had uh, Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva here. We've had so many people uh, come through here. We've had assemblymen. We've had DAs. We've had all kinds of, you know, and, and then we had amazing redemptive stories of guys like myself who, um, you know, uh, gave their lives to Christ, Amen. made a turn, and now they're out there uh, in their communities and talking to young people to make sure that they don't make the same mistake that we did and buy the lie of, of, of gangsterism and all that stuff. That uh, it has no future. It is a, a, you're walking into a wall, and it's, it gets you nowhere but into a cell, and you don't need that. So uh, I want to say thank you to all our past guests of 2023. 2024 kicks off with an interview that you don't want to miss. We're going to have um, a deputy sh- uh, a deputy here by the name of Claudia Apolinar. And if you uh, don't know, or um, I'm going to share just, um, I'm going to give you a little taste test here. Uh, she was one of two, uh, her and her partner, were sitting in their patrol vehicle at the Compton Metro Station when uh, a criminal, a gang member, uh, unprovoked, just walked up to their cruiser and started to shoot at them. She she made it by God's grace. She made it alive, and so did her partner. She's going to be with us in episode one of 2024. We can't wait to... Uh, I transported him. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Wow, yeah. man. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. I transported wow. So we're going to have her here, and um, I, I can't wait to sit down with her. Uh, and, and trust me, you don't want to miss that episode as well. Till uh, we see our, each other next time, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to everyone from the Shock Holler Podcast family. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace this coming year. And as I always say it, I never, ever uh, end an episode. You know what I'm going to say? I am. It's an honor to say it. Keep Jesus first. Amen. Amen. I love you, L.A., California. Hey, we got some work to do. And things are going to look up. Keep Jesus first.